everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz. So today we're talking about sound like your hero. How do we pull that off? Great question. Now this is definitely gonna be for all instruments, whether you're a drummer, a singer, it doesn't matter at all because we're gonna be talking a little bit conceptually and I wanna give you a good way to think about this and an interesting exercise that everyone will be able to put to use 10 minutes from now. So uh, let's dig into this. Now this idea about sounding like our hero. Now there is a point in our development when we really wanna do that. We wanna pick somebody and emulate them. But then there gets to be a point where we kind of want to be ourselves as we play. And it's this is philosophical territory to start with. The reason I'm talking about this is three weeks from now, I'm heading up to Canada to uh, a very good friend of mine, Dean McNeil, fantastic Canadian musician, asked me to come up and play with a band that he leads. So I'm going to be the guest artist with the Saskatoon Jazz Orchestra, a really, really good big band made up of professionals and semi-pros in the community. I'm coming up doing a feature concert with them, and we're going to be doing the music of Stan Getz. So if you put two and two together, I'm holding a tenor saxophone, I'm the feature guy, so now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be Stan Getz on this concert. Okay, a little bit tricky. Uh, if you've heard me play, I don't sound especially like Stan Getz, although I love Stan Getz. I maybe have listened to him more than any other sax player, but I don't sound like Stan Getz. So right there is a philosophical issue. Um, Am I, as a professional musician, supposed to go up and do a, an impersonation? That's, that's kind of distasteful to me. Maybe you can see it on my face. Um, you know, maybe I love the actor Brad Pitt, but am I going to star in a movie pretending I'm Brad Pitt? That doesn't make sense. At some point, you need to be yourself. Now, here's the thing. When I go on stage, uh, we are honoring Stan Getz, right? So I want to honor his memory. I want to honor his, you know, the way he thought about music and the way he played. So no, I'm not going to be impersonating Stan Getz. I personally wouldn't want to pay money to see somebody do that. I want to hear somebody do their thing, but sort of through the filter of Stan Getz. So that's what I'm going to be trying to do. Well, okay. So now... I've been trying to figure, well, what is that filter? I've listened to thousands of hours of the great Stan Getz on the saxophone. Now for you, you fill in the blank of your favorite player, favorite singer, right? I've listened a lot, I've transcribed a lot. I've, you know, I've spent time copying, but now I'm thinking, what is the essence of Stan Getz? Like, what is it that I'm trying to get to? So here's the exercise I would love everybody to do, and I would love for you to put it on the comments on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, comments below. If you're watching this on Facebook, click over to YouTube. I want to see what people are thinking about. First of all, I want to know who you think would be worthy of your time. Who's your favorite player? Is it Jocko or Christian McBride on the bass? Is it Wes Montgomery? Is it Kurt Rosenwinkel on guitar? Who do you love listening to? So I want to hear that first. Now, here is what I did. I put on a great Stan Getz album. There are many. I put on one called Serenity. It's uh, from, you know, towards the end of his career. It was recorded uh, his 60th birthday, I think, live in Copenhagen. So I listened to that album, and all honesty, I fast-forwarded through all, just all the saxophone stuff. The Kenny Barron piano stuff is fantastic, but I just listened to the, you know, back-to-back, -back, all, the, all the saxophone, all the saxophone, and I took some notes about what I was hearing. Now, here's the thing. I wasn't transcribing. I wasn't getting to that level on purpose, and now here's what I want for you. Many of you are adult musicians who don't have time to transcribe. Maybe you don't even have the ears at this point you know, to make that happen. That's not what we're talking about, but this is a valuable exercise and this is not dumbed down. 
We never do that on these videos. This is going to be very, very valuable. So what I was doing was trying to listen black and white. Like I was trying to make huge sweeping generalizations. I mean, something to the point of, is his tone bright or dark? Yes, I know that it's both those things. Yes, I know there are times it changes. But in general, in general, does he play long phrases or short phrases? In general, does he articulate this way or that way? In general, does he play more inside or outside? Those sort of sweeping generalizations actually get us somewhere when we're listening to music. Let me put this uh, sheet up on the screen for you. And this is like unedited. These are just sort of notes I took and I you know, wrote them down for you. So check this out. By the way, I'm happy to send you this if you're at all interested. So you can see, I came up with some, like I, I spent zero time thinking about this. Okay, so emotion. Well, when I think of Stan Getz, I think of an emotive player. So I wrote that word down and now what does that mean? So I wrote down words that came to mind. Beautiful, flowing, relaxed, mature. He doesn't sound like a young guy showing off. He sounds like somebody that's gonna play it his way. Okay, well, that gets us somewhere, doesn't it, right? So I said very melodic playing, but then I asked myself, what does that mean? I mean, sure, maybe that rings a bell for some of us, but how do I do that? How do I channel that? How do I morph my playing into that? So then I talked about his tone a little bit. I talked about his phrasing. I noticed a couple technique things. And we don't have to go through these, you know, as, as we go. But the one thing that I noted, and it's down uh, where I'm talking about phrasing. The second point of those three bullet points for phrasing is I noticed that the end of his phrases tended to be a long note, not a short note. So let me play you an example of what I mean. So right there, the first way I played that little lick had a short ending, a bebop ending, the way maybe Bird or the way Johnny Griffin or the way Cannonball may have played that. The second way had a longer phrase ending. So that's something I noticed about Stan Getz. It's like, huh, his phrase endings. And that, to me, made it sound uh, like he was taking his time. It made it sound beautiful. It made it sound, let's say, more romantic and less urban or industrial or something like that. He sounded to my ears like an, a guy influenced by older players, Coleman Hawkins, Ben Webster, those sort of players, as opposed to, you know, influenced by guys from the 70s, 80s. People influenced by maybe funk and R&B with that harder attack, and, you know, the bebop attack, the funk attack. Okay, so of all that stuff I wrote down, I picked that one thing and I thought, huh, I let me just experiment with that. And so this is very interesting. So a couple days ago, I went to teach one of my adult master classes. And in those classes, I do a lot of playing as, you know, examples with everybody and, you know, an opportunity to play with uh, some other players. So I, I was forcing myself to play long notes at the end of phrases. So first thing, I was shocked at how I rarely do that. So that's not something I normally do. So that right there, like, holy cow, a long note. How is it I don't do that very much? So, okay, that was very interesting. Then I noticed, I really noticed, like four measures into my solo, the guys in the band who have heard me play many times are like looking at me and sort of uh, 
like checking out what I'm doing. And I can tell by the look on their face, like, huh, Jeff's doing something different. And so some of them asked, like, man, what are you, what are you doing different today? And I said, I'm playing some long notes. It was the craziest thing. These adult amateur players, these aren't professional, you know, jazz folks that know everything about everything. They immediately heard it was different. Very interesting. So just something that simple. So now going back to the assignment, I just listened and made these very almost non-musical, non-technical observations. It's mature. It's beautiful. It's melodic. Those almost aren't music words, right? So I did that. And then, and, and I didn't allow myself to parse it too fine. Is it this or is it that? And from there, I went to something like, huh, I could probably play a line and play a whole note at the end of it. Like, it's not so hard, right? But then I found out how difficult it is. It's very counterintuitive for me. So, um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play you a couple uh, choruses of, uh, of I Love You, a great Cole Porter tune. And this is one that Stan Getz was playing on that album, Serenity. And I'm going to play, um, how about this? I'll, yeah, I'll play a chorus uh, the way I normally play. And you're probably going to hear tighter phrase endings. In other words, I'm going to end short. I'm going to leave space. It'll be a precise ending. I'm tonguing, right? I'm muting the string. And then uh, a second chorus I'm going to play, you're going to hear me play with these longer phrase endings. It's weird. It throws me off. My regular, I almost can't play my regular vocabulary because I'm using this accent that's freaking me out, but it's interesting. It makes me think different. It makes me play different. I'm not sure if it's better, but it's different. And so this is kind of interesting. So I think if I had weeks or months to develop this, I guarantee I'm going to because it's an entirely different tool in my toolbox. So here we go. I'm going to play uh, I Love You. Okay, so two choruses, and you hopefully you heard that difference. To me, I mean, I was so self-conscious doing that. So this is me experimenting in front of you. This is not me presenting how to sound like Stan Getz. But this is me kind of showing you how to get inside a particular player. And now, yes, I could have transcribed a Stan Getz lick and presented it to you. Is that going to make you sound like Stan Getz? No, I'm going to say some words Stan Getz said 
from my perspective and in my accent. It's not going to sound anything like Stan Getz, right? But if I kind of get inside his skin, how, you know, how, what motivated him? How did he sound that way? What, so now phrasing is one of those things. And if you listen back to the previous couple videos, we talked about the power of phrasing. So that, I happened to pick a phrasing thing today. And it didn't have to be that. Now, here's the other interesting thing. Uh, someone can be sitting out there, an expert on Stan Getz, and disagree with half the things on the sheet. I'll put it up on the screen again. Someone could say, well, no, he has a very bright sound and it gets darker when he goes high. No, he plays this way or that way. No, Stan Getz never thought that way. I knew Stan Getz. Great. Fine. <laughs> now, here's the thing. The fact that I hear it the way I hear it is valuable, right? Art is subjective. We can all look at uh, some abstract art and see different things. Now, we can all listen to Stan Getz, and I can be attracted by this. You can be attracted by that. We can disagree on what we're hearing and develop those two things, we, that thing we disagreed about, and go in these different wonderful ways, right? We take a point of departure. So this is your assignment. So first of all, I want you to just pick somebody that you love. And then I want you to do this, like listen to like 20 minutes, an album, just fast forward to all the solos of that person, them playing the melody. And I want you to just take some simple notes, black and white. If you get stuck, you're thinking too hard. Is it pretty? Is it angular? Those aren't even opposites. I don't care. You get what I'm saying, right? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? Is it that? Write down. Just start writing stuff. And emotional words are a good way to go. And then look through that list and what do you see that you could give a try? And huh, I wonder if that's something that you already do in your playing or you don't. The long note thing, I don't do very much in my playing. Is it something that's easy to achieve? Well, sure, on paper, to play a long note at the end of a phrase is easy to achieve, but I'm finding that it really throws me because as I'm playing that long note, I'm used to starting my next phrase, but oh, I'm holding the note. So now it's changing my phrase lengths. It's making me rethink. I can't be on autopilot. So <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't know if I'm gonna sound any more like Stan Getz, but this is really opening up some interesting vistas for me. Uh, this is very, very interesting. So I'm so looking forward to this concert. Um, Stan Getz is really, you know, one of, one of the all-time greats, and I'm very excited to be playing all this fantastic music related to him, Four Brothers from Woody Herman, and of course some great bossa nova and so many standards he's associated with, and uh, hanging out with my friend Dean and the Saskatoon Jazz Orchestra, which is, you know, very good band. So I'm looking forward to that trip, and I'm looking forward to listening to a bunch of Stan Getz between now and then. So uh, I'm going to be really excited to look at the uh, comments on YouTube and just kind of see who you're checking out and an idea or two that you're gonna take from that person. Something very simple and uh, give it a try. So here's the thing, any of us at any level, if you're a beginner to jazz, if you're an intermediate, if you're a semi-pro that you think, oh, I, I'm, I'm just a semi-pro, I have no business. No, 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 we can all do this. So I'm excited to hear what you come up with. Please leave the comments and please write me at Digging Deeper Jazz. If, uh, if the PDF would be helpful to you as a point of departure, please uh, do that or write me for any of the previous PDFs as well. Thanks a lot, take care, see you soon.